Welcome back to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I am David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, this is a very special episode, because uh, we're going to ask you to rank your children. <laughs> our rankings episode. That I will not do. Can I do 1A and 1B? Can I do that? <laughs> I, I, I return. still better. I know, that's kind of true. Um, I return to the podcast as a dad of two. Um, my wife and I had our second daughter, second child, August 22nd, a couple weeks ago. Um, so that's why we've taken some time off. That's why I've taken some time off, but we're back. Yeah. And, um, uh, we got some stuff to talk about. I want to just kind of catch things up here. We got training, uh, media day coming up in a, in a few weeks here. So in, in a matter, in a little bit of time here, Anthony will be back in the full swing of things and we'll be back to weekly episodes, but, uh, we didn't want to abandon you guys for too long. Anthony, Anthony <laughs> missed it. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's itching to get back to work. I can tell. This is, I feel like our job is so much easier than what I'm doing right now. Like I'm so ready to get back to work and do like <laughs> this stuff. <laughs> this is being a dad, being a full-time dad is tough. It's, it's, it's a hard job. I will say it's a hard job. Uh, so obviously the big news since the last time we recorded is uh, Donovan Mitchell trade to Cleveland that happened, I think last week, it kind of, forget it all because college football has started and that like has occupied like 95% of my brain at this point. Um, but yeah, Donovan Mitchell getting traded to the Cavs, obviously a little bit of a, a stunner there. I think yeah. everyone thought it was going to be the Knicks if and when it happened. Um, Cavs look pretty dangerous in the short term and maybe very dangerous in the long term. Um, you know, we had obviously talked a lot about like, it's just going to be hard for the heat to make that trade happen. Um, especially like oh well one did we did the heat even want to make that trade and right give up what the the jazz were offering and and then if they did the heat just it's going to be hard to win a bidding war with the stuff they had so um i, I guess just what was your reaction to the trade are you i mean when you see the return that the jazz got to me it not, again like i just don't think the heat wanted to give up all that for donovan mitchell we can obviously debate whether that is smart or not right. but um what was your kind of initial reaction to that trade yeah, i was a little surprised right because yeah all the reporting was about the knicks and knicks. the knicks and you know when they charged bit Garrett and yeah like, a little bit of heat but mostly knicks like it just seemed like it was bound to go to the knicks and just randomly like i guess the Cavs had been reported as a suitor but the trade kind of materialized out of nowhere right there wasn't like any momentum or anything like there wasn't a Woj tweet the night before saying that Cleveland and Utah are engaged in trade yeah, discussions. Like it just, yeah, yeah, like it just it just happened. So a little surprised, but um, I mean, it makes sense for both teams, right? Like Cleveland all of a sudden with a core of Garland, Mobley, um, Donovan Mitchell, Jarrett yeah. Allen, like that's that's a that's a good team. That's a solid team. Yeah. And, Built for the future too. I mean, they're young. Right. Yeah. That's that's what I like about the trade for them is Mitchell is obviously an upgrade on Colin Sexton in the short term, but he's also so like they go from being what what were what did they finish in the East last year? They were seven. They were right? playing. They were playing. Yeah, team. they were playing. Too, yeah, you know, seven or eight, right? Yeah. That this jumps them probably up to like five. You know, they're they're yeah. they should be a solid playoff team range, and then obviously Mitchell is in his prime now, or maybe very pre-prime and. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be a team. Obviously, the Heat is gonna be contending with for a long time now. So yeah. it makes them better in the short term, but also without sacrificing their long term, I think it made a lot of sense for them. Yeah, definitely. And in Utah, I mean, they got 
three unprotected first round picks, two pick swaps, um, something that he really were in position to yeah. trade. I mean, they we've talked about this many times over the summer. They had have two picks, uh, two unprotected picks to trade available. I mean, they could have opened up a third, but take some take some maneuvering. Yeah. Um, so they had one more pick to offer um, Utah, and I would think that. Cleveland's picks are probably a little more coveted than Miami because Miami is usually good, right? Cleveland should be good for a while, but they don't have the track record that Miami yeah, has. Yeah, yeah. Remember, there was once upon a time when that heat – what was that heat pick that the Suns had where people yeah. like the most valuable? 2023 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah I, know, I actually think it was earlier. Yeah, 2021 yeah. I think maybe actually. People were like, that's the most valuable pick in the league, and then I think it ends up being the bubble season. It was, I think it was that pick, right? Yeah, wasn't it didn't turn out to be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, Markinen, who's you know good, obviously a good player. Um, Colin Sexton, who I know there's mixed reviews on, but he's he's talented, right? Like they saw, and they got him on a pretty affordable deal, four years at 72 million. Definitely more affordable than anything that Jazz could you know sign Hero to as far as an extension. And they got the Cavs first round pick, the 14th pick in the draft, a lottery pick. Um, so they got three young players to help with the rebuild, three unprotected picks, two pick swaps. Like it's a pretty solid return, I think. Yeah. Um, so the, the big, you know, I think it was on a Ringer podcast, maybe Bill Simmons podcast. They kind of became a a, a, a a talking point on Heat Twitter. Um, I think someone on that show basically said the Heat had a terrible offseason. And, you know, we've talked a lot about how the Heat, we both felt like it made sense for them to basically hold on to their chips and wait, wait for that all in bet. Uh, whether or not it would ever materialize because it, whether it was Kevin Durant or maybe Donovan Mitchell, if you wait long enough, maybe you can, can get one of these guys and you don't want to, you don't want to blow all your, blow your assets too fast. Um, but now here we are, it's, we're recording this uh, September 7th. Donovan Mitchell is no longer available. Kevin Durant um, for now, no longer available. I'm not going to ever say Kevin Durant is not available at all. Right. Um, Kyrie Irving, probably not available, assuming the Nets are going to hold on to Kevin Durant. They're not going to part with Kyrie either. Um, so it sure feels like we're going to get to the start of the season, and every superstar is going to has found his home now. The no, no, barring anything stunning, uh, everything is kind of settled in place. Um, so my question for you is, did the Heat kind of blow this offseason? Uh, was it a great offseason for the Heat? No, obviously not, right? They didn't upgrade the roster. They, You could argue that they're not as good as last year because they lost the starting, their starting power forward in P.J. Yeah. Tucker and really didn't replace him. I mean, they, they added Jovic in the, in the draft, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be ready to play immediately, so it doesn't seem to be a, at least a factor this season. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great offseason, but it's hard to say they blew it when – they still return 98% of the roster pretty much of a team that finished one shot away from the finals, right? I mean, they're still going to be one of the best teams in the East. Are they the best team in the East right now on paper? Probably not, or definitely not. Um, but they'll be in that group that's going to be contending, right? But, you know, if there's an injury, Milwaukee has an injury, Boston has an injury, or maybe Tyler Hero takes a leap. Like, they're in that range where they could – I don't think you'd be shocked if they won the East just like last year. Um well, at least in the regular season, or you know, right. at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'd be pretty um, they're, shocked they're, they won the regular season again. Just like it's hard to do that two years in a row. It's it is hard, but I I just when you're in that I think like Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, any of those four teams win the East, 
in the regular season. Yeah, that's I, fair. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying that I expect the Heat to do it, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's not like if all of a sudden the Bulls won the East next year, right? right? Then I'd be surprised. But Cleveland. Cleveland. I, I would I would kind of be surprised. I think I, I mean Cleveland's good. They're they yeah. they pose some problems definitely for the Heat with their length, but I still think the Heat with their experience, the veterans having their roster, they're still better right now than Cleveland. I would say. Um, See, so I wouldn't characterize it as a failure, um, but when the expectations are Kevin Durant, because Kevin Durant has you on his list of preferred destinations, and you've been linked to Donovan Mitchell for years, and finally Donovan Mitchell is available, and you don't get either one, I get it, right? There is some sense of disappointment from fans, so it's understandable. Um, but look, the Heat were, the Heat know they need to get another star. I mean that that was obvious this year, right? We we right. they put themselves they, they they didn't sign PJ Tucker because they don't want to be hard capped because they want to flex the flexibility to go after somebody in the trade market, right? Whether it's Kevin Durant, whether it's Donovan Mitchell, whether it's another star becomes available that we don't even know at this point in the next few months, they want to be in the game. They don't want to trade their picks for Jay Crowder because they want those picks for a bigger move. So. Right. I don't know what, what that move is. I don't know. You know, it's the NBA. Tomorrow, somebody could demand a trade that we don't even see right now. But they believe that they could be in the game because they have those assets. And we'll see if anything comes to fruition, you know, in the coming months. Yeah. I, that's a, for me, it's hard to call it a failure because I think they had a plan. They stuck to that plan. Whether, again, like you can debate whether – I mean, I, I think – holding on to those picks and Tyler Hero and all those things to get the big move is the smart plan. I guess you can gripe with it, but they're thinking, like you said, like kind of a long-term view here. And they had a plan. It was a, it was always a risky plan, right? There was always yeah. probably better than 50-50 shot that you were going to come out of that offseason um, without Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell, right? Like Phoenix was the favorite for Kevin Durant for a while, right? The Knicks were the favorite for Donovan Mitchell. There was a, a big chance that that was where those two guys were going to wind up. The Lakers were the favorite for Kyrie. Um, so it was always a risk, but it was, like you said, they know they need a star. I feel like they need something close to a star. You know, I don't, they don't necessarily need Kevin right, Durant. They don't need Donovan Kevin Mitchell. Durant. Right, right, right. You know, like, I don't know, if, they, if they'd been able to swing the Malcolm Brogdon trade that the, the Celtics did, would that have maybe been a smart move? I, I don't know. I haven't like thought about how the, that possibly would have come, but like, a guy like that, if they could have had a guy like that or Dejounte Murray or something, obviously Dejounte Murray, that would have been the cost was way too high on that. But yes, maybe they should have been a little bit more proactive in, in like that tertiary star zone or whatever we want to call it. John um, Collins does John Collins do a point? Yeah, maybe John or? Collins counts. But again, like, are you giving up Tyler Hero for any of those guys? Yeah, I'm. I'm not. Maybe maybe Brogdon. Just because, like, you're if you're in that win now phase, Brogdon helps you there. But like, I don't know. I, I I'm still like we said, the the off season's gonna end and the Heat are gonna not have Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell. But by February 15th, when we're talking about the trade deadline, two new superstars are gonna be yeah like um, disgruntled or you know whether it's gonna, Damian Lillard is still on the Blazers, right? Bradley Beal is still on the Wizards. Like there, there's a lot of guys out there who yeah. are 
inevitably not going to be totally happy. Joel Embiid, what if the Sixers go off the rails? We know that Joel Embiid would love to play with Jimmy Butler again, right? Like there's, it's not over until it's it's never, honestly in the NBA, it's never over. Definitely not over. And at the very least, like it might not be Damian Lillard, but at the very least, I don't want to guarantee anything, but I'd be pretty surprised if there is not a power forward added at some point before the, the trade deadline. Right. The, this this is this is not the forward depth chart they're going to enter the playoffs with. It just yeah. isn't. Like I'd be very very surprised. Right. Unless Haywood so, Highsmith is like the next PJ Tucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he's like can be depended on relied on to play 35 minutes a game and is a 40% three-point shooter and is a versatile defender and you know like yeah, maybe then but as you know with with the expectations around this team, like I would think that they're gonna add a veteran forward, whether that is Jay Crowder, whether that is somebody who gets bought out or you know yeah. or waived, like I don't know, but they're gonna add some they're gonna add somebody uh, to fill that position. I, I just can't imagine that Caleb Martin is gonna be their answer power forward yeah. for the entire season. Yeah, well um, the other thing is now they get a little bit of time to assess things, right? You see, yeah. like obviously it's it's not it's not like this is a new look team. But the NBA changes, the yeah, NBA changes every year, right? The, the styles change every year. Right. Um, and, and, and Tyler Hero could be starting now, right? Which is the expectation. Right. Which that or, or a different combination. Like they get a time, yeah. they get a chance now to watch 20 games this year and then say, this is the type of guy we need to add. Yeah, sure, sure. And the, the other reason I wouldn't say this offseason was a failure for the Heat is who did they really miss out on? There wasn't a, this wasn't a great free agent class. They didn't have cap space. Yes, Kevin Durant was a possibility, but we all have learned in the last few weeks, like, the Nets really had no intention of trading Kevin Durant. Like, I think their hope all along was to try to get him to stay for at least the start of the season and see what happens, right, When with this team at whole and Ben Simmons available and Kyrie playing. Um, And then Donovan Mitchell, I mean, it takes two teams to make a trade, right? Like, the Heat just didn't have enough. They didn't have enough. They didn't have the picks to get it done. Um, or maybe they didn't want to trade Tyler Hero uh, for Donovan Mitchell, but they, they they just couldn't find a match with the Jazz to get that deal done. So I, I just don't know. It's not like they missed out on some big-name free agent mm-hmm. that they could have gotten because they were going after Kevin Durant. There was no big-name free agent they were going after. It was just, can we get Kevin Durant in a trade? Can we get Donovan Mitchell in a trade? It didn't work out. You move forward. You still come back with pretty much the same roster that just finished short of uh, – of getting to the finals and you hope that Bam Adebayo makes a jump, which he should, right? He's a young, right. He's made up, he's improved every year of his career yeah. so far. Tyler Hero should be better next season. Um, Victor Oladipo, right. There's, ex, there's high expectations surrounding him, you know, and maybe, maybe Kyle playing that six man role. Shape. Like there's Kyle a lot Lyle. of guys who yeah. on paper are due to improve. Now the obvious like thing here is that Jimmy Butler at some point is going to start to decline. Yeah, well, that, that's why I, I want to ask you this. Not to interrupt you, David. I'm sorry, but I want to ask you. That's the counter argument here. Right. Jimmy it's, is. You got to be more urgent. You need to urgency. Yes. Jimmy's gonna be 33, or I think this month in a few days, I think. Um, he's gonna be 33. You th- like looking back at it now, knowing how things played out. Do you think the Heat should have just re-signed PJ Tucker to have the best possible roster for this season? You know, he obviously would have given him a three-year contract at mm-hmm. remember, $33 million. It would have been hard-capped because he would have been using the full exception. He would have been paying $11 million at 40 years old. But 
you're going for now because you know Jimmy and Kyle's window is right now. Like you don't know how much longer Jimmy's going to be playing at this level. Yeah, probably. I mean, if, 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 like now looking back that we know that this Kevin Durant thing was probably, I mean, I was always like, you should trade Bam for Kevin Durant, like make it happen because, and again, my thought process there was that they're, that Jimmy and KD are on the same timeline, right? If you get those two guys, sure, you're going to have to really rebuild three or four years down the road, but you're like, you have an ultimate championship window right now. And, you know, I, I think now that we know that that was probably never going to happen. Yeah. Then, yeah, maybe it made sense to keep B.J. Tucker around. But at the same time, we know that he had a really high on Haywood Highsmith. And there's other, like you said, they're they're going to add to this power forward. So I, I the Heat always want to take the long view, right? They, they want to make good decisions in every situation. They know how, I mean, we you know Pat Riley is still scarred from the, like, Hassan Whiteside, Deion Waiters, like, that offseason where, you know, one bad decision, two bad – like, they all of a sudden they come compound and you're in a tough spot. Um, yeah. So I, I, I get their reticence to do that because on paper it's like, sure, it's one bad contract, but eventually one bad contract can become two, and once you get two or three, you're, you're really hamstrung. So – um, I mean, we both at the time said that's way too much for, for P.J. Tucker. So um, this is like ultimate, uh, like, hindsight is 2020, right? And we, obviously we're not even there yet because maybe P.J. is going to fall off this year. Like, who knows? Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a real argument to be made that they probably would have been better suited to just do that. But at the same time, like we said, there's going to be stars available. And the Heat always think they can – Wrangle one of those guys. I mean, again, Bradley Beal doesn't seem to be moving anytime soon, but he's got a full no trade clause. So if he decides he wants to play for the Heat, the Heat are going to have him. Yeah, yeah. If the Wizards start five and twenty this year, like who knows? You just you just never know, right? And look, Tyler Hero is pretty good, right? Like I I think people forget that. Like he he had a bad postseason. He was injured. He had the growing injury, but he's twenty one years old, I believe. Like twenty two, one six man of the year. Probably going to start this year. Like, this is a big season for him. Um, name was in trade rumors all summer, but it seems like he's going to at least open the season with the Heat. We'll see what happens with the extension, which the, de- the deadline is next month. Um, but a lot of this will be on him and whether he can take that jump to be, you know, a more complete player, a guy who can handle maybe more atten- defensive attention. Because mm-hmm. that was a thing, right? Like, once he got trapped in the playoffs and teams are sending doubles toward him. It kind of took him out, but we'll see if he has an answer for that this year. He came back last year, much improved. Um, so would you be surprised this year if he comes back even better? No. I mean, he's, he's young. He's shown a trend of, you know, upward uh, trajectory. So like, I think he'll become, I think he'll come back a better player and that will, I think dictate how, what the ceiling for this team is, um, how much better Tyler Hero comes back next season. Also, big difference i know people t- kind of compare the 2017 offseason when the heat resigned james johnson Deion waiters yeah. and ran it back there was a difference right like the heat that team wasn't that active, good they didn't make the playoffs well, that yes that <laughs> but also like that the heat actively made decisions to run it back right it doesn't seem true. like he wanted to run it back like they're running it back because they couldn't get kevin Durant. Yeah, remember how long get- it took him to resign caleb martin like they were yeah. They were wait. They were they trying were, other things. Trying yeah. other things, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Tyler here, like now, obviously the the big rink, the 
there's the extension now out there, right? That this yeah. now means like there's pretty much no reason not to give him that extension, right? Yeah, but I still would expect the Heat to wait to closer to the deadline. Because why not, right? Like why why do it any sooner than you have to? Because right. who knows what could happen in the next few weeks? I mean, be surprising if like someone asked for a trade right before the training camp. But again, it's the NBA. Would you be shocked? Um, so I think the Heat. I would expect the Heat just based on their history. It's not based on the reporting I've done, but just based on their history with like guys like Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson, Bam Adebayo, they usually reward the guy with an extension when it's due, right? And it's a smart move to make, especially to keep the relationship with the player. Yeah, they did it with and Bam usually, when they, then the yeah. Giannis possibility was still out They did there. it with Justice. They did it with Jay Rich. They will, they will probably, I would expect them to do it with Tyler Hero, but... I don't see why they would do it any sooner than they have to, right? They're not competing against anybody. They can wait to the last possible day if they want to. So I, I still think it probably happens in October. Okay, um, I think that about covers it on the biggest story and how it relates to the Heat. Um, I guess the other piece of news this weekend um, is Tim Hardaway going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, obviously one of the best players in Heat history. Um, probably one of the most under, maybe the most underrated player in Heat history, just because of, you know, he's not Zoe and he's not, wasn't a champion, right? He wasn't part of any of the championship teams. Um, you know, like to to me, someone who didn't grow up in Miami, it's like I I, I mean I, I think of him almost more as a warrior, obviously. Um, the run TMC teams. Um, but Anthony, you obviously grew up down here and probably have relatively fond Tim Hardaway memories. Um, what what do, what do you think of him going to the Hall of Fame? You have any 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 big picture thoughts? Yeah, I feel like. He probably doesn't get, like you said, he's underrated. He doesn't get enough yeah. credit probably for what he did um, to kind of help put the heat in the map. You know, obviously Pat gets all the credit and deservedly a lot of the credit and deservedly so. Alonzo Mourning too. Tim Hardaway, you know, Alonzo has kind of stayed around the organization, right? He's kind he of is, been, Yeah, like from the old, from the pre, I mean, obviously yeah. he was on the 06 team, but from the pre-championship era, like he, I feel like he's like the one guy people think of, Alonzo. Yeah, yeah. But Tim Hardaway was the co-star, right? Like he was... Yeah almost just as important as Alonzo. Um, they were like the, the leading duo. You, They were, it was like, like Jimmy and Bam, right? It was like, you know, both of them were, were driving forces behind the Heat success during those years. Um, so, I, I, and I interviewed Tim Hardaway just like after the news came out that he was going to be part of this Hall of Fame class. And I asked him like what he was most proud of, right? From his time with the Heat. And he said, making, helping make 
Miami a basketball city. Like he's like everyone talks about the big three, but you know it was me and Zoe and Pat who kind of helped set the table for that. You know Miami before was a football town, and people would go to Heat games like as an event. But like when we started winning, people would go to Heat games because we were a good team. Yeah. This community didn't have that before. Um, so when I see Tim Hardaway going to the Hall of Fame this weekend, that's kind of what my like the memories that come back to me is like those early days of um, when Pat was building kind of what the Heat are today. Tim Hardaway was a big part of that. Yeah. Um, obviously one of the most, also just like kind of one of the most fun players to watch there for a while. Uh, one of the best ball handlers of all time, really before, like, I mean, now, like, is he a better ball handler than Kyrie or Steph? Like now everyone can do that, but he was like his crossover was like one of the original signature dribble moves in the NBA. Right. Like sat in like the sham God for a long time or like kind of the two and basically anything Jason Williams did. Right. Like he was, he was flashy in a way that um, was more rare back then in the ugly spacing era of the NBA. Um, yeah, he's obviously, uh, you know, when, we, when you talk about, like, all-time Heat guys, I think at one point we talked about this, like, pretty much everyone, that he, he's got his number up in at, America, mm-hmm. at FTX Arena, obviously, like, pretty much everyone in FTX Arena, like, has got their number up there. Like, there's not a lot of Heat stars of all time, right? There's... I think with the the thing I had found at one point was that every All Star except every person ever be an All Star for the Heat except is Glenn Rice's jersey. There's like one per Anthony Mason maybe. Glenn Rice is not is not. Yeah, it's like everyone who's everyone who's ever been an All Star for the Heat has their number up in the Raptors. I think except Glenn Rice must have been one one year or something. Um, so yeah, I mean there's Goron. Like, Goron. Oh, and Goron, but I no, but actually yeah, I kind of think Goron one, yeah. will at some point. Um, so, you know, in heat history, obviously they've had some of the biggest stars in NBA history. They obviously have Jack, they have LeBron, Dwayne Wade. Like those are three of probably like the 50 most famous NBA players of all time. Um, but beyond that, like there's not, you know, Zoe is obviously a big star in this community specifically, but like the heat have not had a lot of guys necessarily to, to celebrate like that. And, um, so so yeah, I think uh, Hardaway is is worth celebrating for, for this franchise, especially because you said like, I like the way you put it that he was part of what the foundation, right? The Heat are probably yeah. not, you know, if if it doesn't go well for Pat Riley in those early days, like does he stick around and like you know he's he had got accomplished so much by then, right? Like it's not like he needed that to like keep building his legacy. Um, yeah. He probably would still be coaching because it doesn't seem like he has any other interests other than basketball, but. Um, but yeah, it he he matters to this franchise, and like I said, the Heat just because they're a younger franchise, and um, until obviously 2006 had hadn't won championships, they don't have the, the Celtics or Lakers legacy uh, or history. But so I think a guy like Hardaway, it's it's worth celebrating in Miami. Yeah, and for all the success the Heat has had over the years, Tim Hardaway still is the all-time leader in three-pointers made for the franchise, second in assists. Um, six and steals, like he was, yeah, like Who's Duncan Robinson is pointers. Duncan Robinson. I think Duncan is second. Duncan is coming for that record if he stays here long. Yeah, right, I was gonna say, like for a long time we but, were like Duncan Robinson, no brainer. But if he, you know, obviously if, if they make a trade at some point, yeah, just, part of it. Or, or or he doesn't play, he's on the rotation again, right? <laughs> but 
you would think Duncan Max at some Struz point will coming for that record. My, I mean, honestly, if he stays here long enough, he probably will. But Tim Hardaway is still number one, which is kind of insane when you think about, like, how much the game has tilted in the three-point direction and, like, that Tim Hardaway still has, stands at the top of that list um, with all the great players that he'd have had. Um, but I also think we should mention, like, Tim Hardaway should probably be in the Hall of Fame already. Like, it took him a while to get in. Well, yeah. So and a big part thing, of that like, – yeah. It's like – does Tim Hardaway, like, based on the way the NBA puts guys in the Hall of Fame, yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame. I know it's like yeah. Tim Hardaway is ultimately, like, he was great. Obviously, he was an all-star. Like, he yeah. kind of falls in the Mitch Richmond zone, and maybe I just associate them together because they were they were Warriors DMC. together. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but, like, but, yeah, obviously the way the NBA puts guys in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, is, yeah I understand what you're saying. But I'm saying comparable, like, yeah, guys yeah, comparable yeah. to him have gotten a lot quicker. But a big part of the reason he didn't get in we should mention this briefly is his anti-gay comments he made in right. 2007 on the Dan Lebertard show. And, you know, again, I spoke with him a few months ago and he admitted as much. He's like, I, I knew that, I know that, that they penalized me for that pretty much, you know? Yeah. Um, and he learned from those comments. He's expressed remorse. He's now a gay rights activist. Yep. Um, like he's used it as an opportunity to better himself and to learn from that mistake. Um, and you have to feel good for the guy because he deserves to be here, right? He deserves to be there. Yeah. So, I'm happy that he's getting this, you know, this opportunity because it's it's well deserved. Yeah, I mean that is such a part of his legacy. Uh, like unfortunately, yeah. now, right? I think a lot of people, when they hear his name, it's probably, especially a younger generation, it might be the first thing they think of. Um, I'll be interested to see if any of that comes up in his speech because, um, like you said, it's probably the biggest reason we're just now putting him in the hall. But um, like you said, he he deserves to be here and. By all accounts, I mean, who knows what's – but by all accounts, he's, he's kind of done the right things since yeah. those uh, unfortunate comments 15 years ago. 15 years ago. A long time ago. He's waited a while. Um, he's also the father, I think, of arguably the best basketball player to ever come out of Miami-Dade County. You think Tim Hardaway Jr.? I mean, who's better? I mean, I know Udonis has a longer Udonis. career. Udonis. Do you think Udonis is better than Tim Hardaway Jr.? Based on like, what they've done in their NBA career. Yeah, like Tim Hardaway Jr.'s. Well, it's it's a pretty sh- it's honestly not that long of a list. You got Haslam, you got Hardaway, you got my guy Steve Blake, who obviously did not have a great NBA career, pretty good NBA career, but yeah. not as good as Hardaway or, or Haslam. Um, James Jones. James Jones. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Tim James, who's good for UM, but didn't have a great NBA career. Um, yeah, there's not a lot. Um, no, there's not. So that's what I mean. I know it's a, sh- it's kind of a, a short uh, list. Cameron Boozer is probably going to be the answer. Well, I wasn't going to tell you. The Boozer now. Boozer's kids might <laughs> overtake Tim Hardaway Jr. in a few years. But right now, I mean, is that is that wrong? Like, No, it, it's probably him or Haslam, I, I would say. Right? Yeah. I mean, Haslam, like, obviously he's had maybe the most unique career in NBA. Yes. So it's very yes. hard to compare him. I mean, Haslam is going to have his number retired by the team. So, right. yes, in that, in, that, in that, like, context, sure, Haslam is better. I'm saying, like, just pure basketball, you can make an argument Tim Hardaway Jr. is a better Yeah, player. Tim Hardaway Jr. probably had the highest highs of anyone, right? Yeah. I don't think because yeah. Dade, County, Dade County's never produced, like, an all-star. I don't know. Now I'm, like, yeah, I'm curious. Dade County now. basketball players. NBA players from Miami. Um. NBA players born in Miami, Florida. So this doesn't count the whole county. This is from Real GM. You want to like look up somewhere else in Miami? Yeah. Trevor Ariza was born in Miami. He's an LA guy though. 
Yeah, he was kind. Of, it's kind of yeah. It's a weird one. He like I think he grew up in my, born Brandon in Miami, Knight. Like immediately moved to. Do we count Brandon Broward. Knight? I don't he's know where Broward. he's actually from. He played in Brown. Well, I don't know where he's I actually from. think I actually do think he's from like Miami. I think he he's like Miami guard. He was your private school, but he played he played uh, in Fort Lauderdale. So I don't know. Yeah, he he went to Pinecrest. Yeah. Um. Anthony Mason. Did he didn't he didn't grow up in Miami? Did he? I don't think so. I think I. He would probably be the answer then. I think it's Tim Hardaway Jr. Really Probably good. is Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another, you know, just kind of a side story to yeah. Tim Hardaway's weekend. But I, I, I've yeah, often Tim thought Hardaway that. Tim a New York guy. But he was when, born I, right? when I see Tim Hardaway Jr. play, I always think, that's he's probably the best player to ever come out of Miami, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Palmetto High School, I think. Palmetto High. Yeah, that sounds right. All right, um, I think we can wrap things up there. Anthony's got to go uh, take care of change diapers. Yeah, yeah exactly. change diapers. So yeah. <laughs> uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. He's not tweeting very much these days, but he will again someday soon. So someday. Uh, follow him there. Like we said, uh, media day coming up soon, so we'll be back to basketball before you know it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. I'm mostly in college football, just general football mode, I guess. Um, but I'm like, enjoying the football here, by the way. On paternity leave, I'm like enjoying this, these weekends where uh, I mean, a crazy, crazy, crazy college football yeah. weekend. Yeah. Um, that LSU Florida State game is like I was just like cackling for the last like two and a half minutes. Yeah, that ending was very uh, strange, and also I mean the Gator game was great. Like it was such a good game. Yeah, I missed most of that because I was at, coming back from the Miami game, and then I watched watch watch my orange uh, beat up on Louisville with the best running back in the country on a Saturday night. Nice, nice. I was watching. I mean, that Gator game was. I didn't expect the Gators to win, but Anthony Richardson is very, very good. Very good. I'm a big Anthony Richardson fan. So, yeah, uh, some good football, obviously, going on. Um, Mario Cristobal, good starts to the Mario Cristobal era. Um, but it's hard to really judge anything until uh, they go to Texas A&M in a couple weeks. Uh, I've been watching tennis. Francis Tiafoe just got another big win as we were recording this. So. Um, yeah, it's like it, all of a sudden sports are back, right? It was, it's, yeah, August is now fun, September's fun, and uh, it's, it, it, it'll get even busier in the next couple weeks here. So, thanks as always for listening, and we will talk to you guys, um, I don't know, in a couple weeks probably. <laughs>